Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Flight School Podcast. My name is Turner Medlicott. I am joined today by only one of my co-hosts, just me and Adrian Walker out here today. It's the coin uh, flip. We're back. It's the coin flip. <laughs> Reboot. We back, baby. Uh, Jonah had some had some stuff to deal with this week. Exciting stuff, really. Uh, but he couldn't be here. So we're going to hold down the fort uh, just like the old days. Uh, but first, how how you doing, my friend? I mean, I'm doing great. You know, Jonah was making fun of me last week about, you know, my appearances on the pod. I've missed exactly one pod. Now we are even. He can no longer make fun of me about my my availability on the podcast. So, yeah, I say each of us has now missed uh, one pod. So the pressure is back back on again to see <laughs> who's going to skip out next. Who's going to skip out next? <laughs> uh, it, I don't know. We'll see. I feel like I feel like. It could be. It really could be any three of us. Because it I could feel be like anybody. It could be anybody. We're, we're all just have weeks where we're insanely busy. It's suspense and I drama. Think. I know everyone really cares about how soon the next person is going <laughs> to drop off this podcast. Absolutely, that's Sham's true. probably tweets about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Woj is mad he doesn't get the news first. <laughs> but but before we start talking about Shams and Woj. Uh, let's let's get into the NFL a little bit. Um, it says we're we're in a jolly mood. Um, let's start out with some good news in the NFL. Uh, our boy Mitch is out of Chicago. I just want to say thank God he needed to get out of there. And even better, he's going to be in Buffalo, which like yeah means he's not going to be the starter by a long shot. But like that man could get a Super Bowl ring if he stays in Buffalo. And so. there's a big reason why Josh Allen's developed as quickly as he has because the buffalo coaching staff has a they, they've they're very good at developing their quarterbacks so absolutely absolutely mitch's car- career could just pew, could take off you never know you never know and plus i i think it's a genius move for buffalo because if uh josh allen is injured for any period of time during the season mitch is like probably the best backup quarterback you could have as a backup quarterback in the league right now, like you could be pretty confident that he wouldn't be a huge, huge, he's going to be a step down, but he's not going to be like, Oh my God, there's no way we can win a football game with Mitch at at quarterback. He has the experience. He plays, you know, he's mobile like Josh Allen is. Um, So I think it's a great move for Buffalo. I'm really happy for Mitch. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's like a B tier starting quarterback. So as a, as a backup, he's a plus 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 like, great exactly. move for buffalo great move for mitch it's a win-win exactly. win-win um moving on to to make i don't know how i actually don't know how panthers fans feel about this but in other carolina-based news um we saw today mike davis is going to the falcons i feel like that part of it makes panthers fans mad because i think there's to the falcons ex- yeah yeah, no, I no feel Panthers like, fans happy that one of their players goes to a division rival, like especially the Falcons. Who 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 actually enjoys playing for the Falcons? I I don't think of anybody. Maybe Matt Ryan. <laughs> Maybe Matt Ryan. <laughs> Maybe Julio Jones. I don't even know. I don't. Uh, I don't know about that. I'm one. not even sure Julio enjoys it. <laughs> yeah. Um. But you were mentioning before we started recording. Um that you thought this had a huge impact as far as the Panthers uh, moves in the Deshaun Watson market. Um, What, how so? 
I think personally, with Mike Davis gone, I mean, he was Carolina's backup running back to Christian McCaffrey, who was hurt pretty much all of last year. And by getting rid of Davis, you're basically getting rid of your insurance policy if you were to move McCaffrey, trade McCaffrey, whatever. So that, in my opinion, takes the Panthers out of the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes. Because if you take away your second starting caliber running back, I wouldn't think they'd trade away probably now their franchise piece. As good as Deshaun Watson is, there's also other news that he might be bringing baggage with him wherever he goes next. So that I about to say that that can influence that decision. Um, and we'll get to that in a bit before you, after we recap the news, but I also wonder if you're the Panthers, you know, how possible it was going to be to sign Mike Davis back because I'm sure he was a great running back on the market after the season he had last year. So I wonder if it was almost inevitable that they weren't going to be able to re-sign him without, getting rid of a Christian McCaffrey first and guaranteeing him the starting spot and starter yeah. money. Um, so we'll see. Um, and other big free agency news. Um, we saw Kenny Galladay sign a big four year deal with the giants. Um, that's cool for him. I don't really think it, I mean, it's the, a giants, little bit the giants aren't good enough yet to, to where it's actually impactful on the NFL, but like, you know, at least Galladay got a bag. Yeah. Um, and actually it's funny because we have two receivers on the rundown and our other wide receiver who signed a deal, Juju did turn down the bag. <laughs> yeah, he, he turned down the bag. Um, I feel like it would have been such a weird dynamic because the Ravens were one of the teams that were really offering him a pretty penny. Um, and I, that would have just been really weird. I don't know if that would have worked out. It would have just felt so, so strange to see him on the Ravens, even though the Ravens desperately need a number one wide receiver, like so, so bad. Get, get, get Lamar Jackson someone to throw the ball to other than Mark Andrews, please. Um, but yeah, he turned down extra money and re-signed with the Steelers, which compared to a lot of the other Steelers offseason moves, I feel like that's a, that's a big win. I feel uh, Jonah's it's a big not win here, if but... you're a Steelers fan, it's a big win if you're a Steelers fan, especially considering that he signed a deal. That's, that's very small. Um, in comparison to other number one uh, wide receivers around the league. So, and they, I mean, they keep uh, Claypool and, and all those other guys that were good last year. So at least, you know, Ben will have guys to throw to. We'll see, you know, how Ben plays. Um, but the Steelers couldn't have good news all week. So, um, they also released, uh, one of their star corners, Steven Nelson today, he had asked for a trade. They couldn't get it done. Uh, so they waived him today. And then also in sort of similar news, we saw the bears, uh, cut Kyle Fuller to save cap space. Um, and those are two huge cornerback names, especially Kyle Fuller, um, that are now, free on the market well, not free they're going to be getting a bag somewhere but they're they're on the market and they can sign wherever they want um i would love to see them on my cardinals i don't think we have the money left Ross to Peterson. pay either of them you, you, you need somebody but we need somebody we we really like we have pretty much every other position except for tight end actually we someone joked the other day they were like well 
y'all got like three wide receivers now. Is Larry going to play tight end? And I was like, there is no way a 37-year-old Larry Fitzgerald is going <laughs> to get down in the trenches and play tight end. So we need a tight end and we need corner. You missed out so. on the uh, Kyle Rudolph sweepstakes. Went to the Giants. I don't know what you were doing. I don't know what we were doing. Um, <laughs> that we let the Panthers get uh, Dan Arnold, who is, I mean, he was no, he was probably a C tier tight end, but he was young. He was good enough. So I don't really know what we're, I don't really know what we're doing at tight end. Um, Jared Cook might I, still be on the market. That's, wait, I thought Jared Cook got signed, didn't he? Did he get signed? I, f- I forget where. It was some team where I was like, okay, he's not doing much there. Like but he the Raiders signed. or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> actually wait maybe it was like they're the titans it was one of those teams that had a really good right tight end that right tight end game. um but yeah um i think that was it for the the free agent signings which is like it's it calm can... down last week was we were like tick 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 like next one next was, one next one we this one it's like oh you know just a couple little signings it's back to the normal nfl offseason type type uh vibe. yeah yeah, well, I guess I don't know. I wish we had more free agent news to talk about because I don't really want to talk about what we have to talk about next. Um, <laughs> but we we need to have that that conversation. Um, Deshaun Watson has obviously been in the news a lot this off season for his trade He's requests and been the, the number one story for like a month, two months. Yes, yeah, exactly. Um, and unfortunately, now is um is not is in the news for for terrible reasons um i believe at this point he has um 10 10 10 lawsuits um uh ranging from uh sexual misconduct i don't think there's any direct accusations of sexual assault or anything of that nature but definitely inappropriate um inappropriate conduct uh and things of that nature um it seems to be uh mainly stemming from uh people who run either like massage parlors or personal massagers of i'm assuming that's how you say that term of his um and that's i mean obviously a real real downer you you hear those things and Obviously, you hope they're not true, not because you don't believe the the accusations, but just because it's someone that I think everyone has held in in really high regard um, as a person, as a football player. Um, But obviously now we hear these things and that and that puts Deshaun Watson in a completely different light. Um, And I mean, if if all of these things are are, are true um, and I mean, until kind of we hear otherwise that's kind of the assumption that i'm running with that's that's a real letdown um and really disappointing from deshaun watson um and i don't know where that leaves him i don't know where that leaves all of this um it just news you never want to hear from anybody for for any um woman to experience um so just hard to hear all around yeah, I mean it. We can't speak to it necessarily, because um, neither one of us are a woman, um, and, and don't walk around with that fear. Um, but it, it's disturbing, to say the least. Um, whenever you see or hear 
any sort of news of this nature, but especially when it's um, an athlete of Deshaun Watson's caliber who has impact across multiple spectrums. Um, and it's uh, it's unfortunate because I think we all approached this offseason kind of excited to see where Deshaun Watson was going to go. Like, what's, what's Deshaun Watson's move? It was all about Deshaun Watson's uh, free agency and or not free agency, but his his potential to to play with some team, make them a competitor. And now that uh, whole focus has shifted to is Deshaun Watson even a, a person capable of playing in the league again if these sorts of allegations continue to stack up? So right. It's just unfor- it's really, really unfortunate. It, it, it's unfortunate, too, because. I feel like it's one of those things where, like you said, we we really can't speak to the experiences um, of those women or even even women in general. So, um, in in a way, it's it's not much of our place to say um, how this play out plays out. But what I what I am concerned about is is if you look at the NFL's history of handling things like this, the NFL has a horrible horrible history really bad record of uh, handling this of sort of thing sweeping these things under the rug of having a player kind of kicked off for like a season and then they come back and no everyone sort of forgets these kinds of things so um you know i up until this point i've i've respected and loved deshaun watson as a player and a person um but with with these accusations um, you know, it, it, if proven true, then just like any other player um, who's been accused of these things and found guilty of these things, uh, that they, they don't deserve a spot in the league. I don't think I don't think this means the end for Deshaun Watson just based on the league's history uh, and the caliber of player he is. But um, I mean, I, I, I think I speak for uh, even Jonah, if, if these things are true, he, he just shouldn't be playing in the in the National Football League ever again. Um, yep. But that that's all I have to say about it for now. It's it's really really depressing and disappointing news, and um, you know I just hope the the best for for the the women involved for sure. Yeah, no, well said. Um, and hopefully, hopefully there will be uh, better news to talk about next week more positive things to talk about in the NFL because that, that put a whole downer on, on the NFL's week. You know, you know what uh, wasn't a downer for a particular NBA team? Well, for Houston in general, Houston's <laughs> had some tough times recently. Yeah. I'm about to Houston, say this is <laughs> Houston's had some really, really tough times recently. Not only the Texans, not only Deshaun Watson, the Rockets have lost their last 20 games. They were they 20. were they they lost 20 straight. They were closing in on the all-time record. I think it was like 26 straight losses was the all-time record or something like that. They were closing in and they finally won. They finally got a dub uh yesterday or this week. So congrats them. to them. Congrats to them. Just to put that that losing streak in perspective, as bad as UNC basketball was in 2019-2020, we didn't even lose 20 games in that season. Yeah. And we were not good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, like, just 20 losses in a row is, is one of those things where, especially as an athlete, as a coach, as a competitor, 
you were constantly trying to figure out, okay, how do we fix this? What's wrong? And a lot of it was the Rockets were dealing with injuries and, and so on and so forth. But just part of it was, was lack of chemistry on the court, stuff like that. You got to feel good for Steven Silas specifically because I think there have been very few situations for a new head coach in the league to that have that uh, they've stepped into and it's been as bad as the Houston Rockets situation has been this year. Silas stepped in. Russell Westbrook decided he wanted to leave. James Harden decided he wanted to leave. They got rid of Westbrook before the season started and they had to deal with James Harden for the first like 10 games, 20 games or so, a little less than that, about 10 games. Uh, And then John Wall has had injury problems. Christian Wood's been hurt for like the past 18 games. Uh, They got Victor Oladipo, but he's been in and out of the lineup. So it's just been a microcosm of things that have, that have come together. and, And it's been a really difficult season for Steven Silas you saw in a couple press conferences the man just looked gassed uh and and thankfully yes that's ended ended. you always love to see a a good story like that um coming out of the NBA especially because we got so much news in the NBA this week that was not good um specifically on on the injury front um the one I think the three of us collectively are the most depressed about has to be the LaMelo ball injury. Um, the clear rookie of the year front runner. Um, one of the most exciting, if not the most exciting uh, players uh, to watch in the NBA um, was leading the Hornets um, to a potential playoff berth. Uh, was getting people to love everyone to love the Hornets. Um, and he's fractured, he's fractured his wrist um, and could be out for the rest of the season. They, they say they'll reevaluate him in four weeks. Um, I know I said before the show, I would, I would not, t- I would not touch him. I would not put him back in a basketball court this season. I know you want to make the playoffs and get that, uh, you know, euphoria, but LaMelo Ball is about to be the cornerstone of this franchise for the next five years, at least, if not longer. Um, you need to make sure his long-term health is in check. But I, I'm gutted because that's one of the most entertaining players in the NBA that's just not going to be out there for the rest of the season. It's, it's devastating. I, I don't. It's hard to kind of put into words just how much fun LaMelo Ball has made the Charlotte Hornets every single analyst anyone who has covered the NBA in any capacity this year has had something to say about how fun the Charlotte Hornets are and that's a result of how much fun LaMelo Ball is to watch and I mean they the Hornets have done a great job with Gordon Hayward and Terry Rogers had a career year um, they, they've had a lot of positives that's come out of this year but LaMelo Ball has been like the story that has driven the Hornets to like the front pages of everyone's uh, that everyone just wants to watch Hornets. It's so, they're so fun to watch and to have LaMelo potentially gone for the rest of the season. It's just devastating. It's devastating to the league. It's devastating to, to Charlotte Hornets fans. Cause Charlotte Hornets fans don't often have a lot to cheer about in the first place. 
Um, and and so it, it's it's a pretty devastating thing. But unfortunately, it's not the only injury that is plaguing the league. So uh, nope. it, it's just one of many, which is just sad. Um. Yeah. I mean, next we had, and it wasn't. This isn't necessarily sequentially, but before that we had Joel and Bead um, have a nasty looking fall um, coming down from a, a either a rebounded attempt or a shot attempt. I don't remember exactly which in which his knee just kind of buckled is the best way that I can describe that. Yeah. Um, and it looked bad. It looked like, oh, he might have torn something. Um, yep. Luckily, he just hyperextended it. Um which I say, luckily, he's still going to be out for a few. Indefinitely, weeks. he's out. Indefinitely, indefinitely. Um, so, I mean, that stinks for the the Seventy Sixers and the NBA. Joel Embiid was also having the MVP a front year. runner. Lamelo was yeah. the Rookie of the Year front runner. Joel Embiid, the MVP front runner. LeBron, the other MVP front runner, is also hurt. Uh, he has a high ankle sprain. Is also out indefinitely. Um, on the Lakers train, Anthony Davis has been hurt. It looked like he was going to come back after the all-star break. He's out for at least two to three more weeks. Um, yeah, they, this is they, terrible. They named him indefinitely as well. It's like, <laughs> it's just, so, it's like I, they, they had like a three week timeline and then they were like, actually he's just out indefinitely. Well, we don't know yeah. when he's going to come back. So I would not be surprised um on the lakers front if they wait and just play both of those guys like they sort of have them come back i mean if it works out that way have them come back around the same time um if if you're the lakers i mean anthony davis is a cornerstone of your franchise for now and the future and obviously lebron you gotta bottle up whatever he has left which right now it's still a lot you know for as long as you can um so but yeah i mean news that all of those four guys are out indefinitely in one week was like that's insane that's insane it's yeah so bad for the nba um i hope all those guys fully recover um you know as much as i think they should rest Lamelo, i'd love to see him back and play this season if it's gonna be healthy for him uh if he can make a quick recovery maybe even have the Hornets hold on and, and still make the playoffs. I don't know. Um, but yeah, that, I mean, can't overstate how ridiculous it is that we have two MVP front runners and the rookie of the year all go down within a week. Um, ridiculous. Yeah. It stinks. Um, but I think all of those things put together uh, makes you really take a pause Um and I think look at the NBA standings and what they mean uh, for the rest of the year. Lakers are about to drop. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, we were already going to be, you know, without AD, with LeBron, we were already going to be battling for anywhere, I think, one through four. Now that the both of them are out indefinitely, um, I don't think the Lakers are going to go like, you know, two and 14 over the next 16 games. But I mean, the leading scorer has been like Montrez Harrell and he's great. And Dennis Schroeder is great. Um, But I mean, it's clear that the Lakers just aren't the Lakers right now. Um, So I anticipate us falling 
I I would be thrilled if we only fell to the sixth seed, but I can see us falling as far um, as as seven or eight, um, at least for now. Um, I think if those guys come back before the end of the season, they'll kind of go on a little spurt and maybe get back into that six or seven range. But that's sort of where I'm seeing us ending the season, and I hate that because Nick Nick Wright, I don't like to mention that dude's name on, on the podcast, but he was out here saying like, oh, you know, if the Lakers are in the six or seven seed, it doesn't matter. Their playoff pass basically the same. And I'm like, no. No, they'd have to play Clippers potentially in the first round. He was like, oh, they're going to face the same teams. And I'm like, no, 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 no. If we're the two or three seed, I would love to face the Spurs in the first round. Oh, that'd be great. That'd be, that'd any be team would fantastic. love that. Get a nice little gentleman sweep in there. Be great. If we have to play the Clippers <laughs> or the Suns, in the first round, that's going to be a six or seven game bloodbath in the first round. And whoever is on the opposite side of that for you to meet in the second round is probably, I mean, they could be in the six or seven game series yourself, but it's probably going to be a lot fresher than you are. Moving on to the rest of the table. Um, do you think the Suns could overtake the Jazz as the number one seed? I don't think they're going to overtake them as the one seed. The Jazz have stumbled a bit re- recently. Um, but I, I have a feeling that the Suns are going to hit a wall at some point. They are hitting on all cylinders right now. They'll they'll hit a difficult stretch of their schedule and they'll they'll struggle at some point. That being said, it's still incredible how good they've gotten just with the additions of Chris Paul and Monty Williams. Like Monty Williams having more time under his belt coaching that team the addition of Chris Paul and all of a sudden they're a two seed in the Western conference and they became a two seed before LeBron and Anthony Davis got hurt. Oh yeah. At all yeah. that sort of thing. They're, they're legit two seed. They're not just a two seed due to injuries or anything like that. They're, they're real. And no, they, they're they very dangerous. Immensely impressive. And honestly, I think one of the, if you're a casual NBA fan or if you're an, a fan of just NBA basketball without a team, they're a very easy team i think to cheer for as we near the playoffs too um and so that's that's even better um i i mean just like the jazz really um both of those teams are are really good teams to cheer for so that's that's great you know another Um, team that's really fun to cheer for (laughs) i sense i sense some bias Uh, there's a little bit of bias here just just a little bit Uh, But, but out with it the oklahoma city thunder man they don't know how to tank and it's just the most hilarious thing in the NBA right now because in, in, in the past two years, they have offloaded Russell Westbrook, Paul George, and Chris Paul, and Danilo Gallinari. They've offloaded all of these big names. The only player, I'll, I'll give them two players, the only real all-star caliber player on their team, Shea Godis alexander by the way, should have been an all-star, has outperformed pretty much every single all-star that he's played ever since the all-star game up to this point, should have been an all-star, but I'll, it's whatever. He's on a revenge tour. (laughs) We'll leave it to next year. He'll, he'll be an all-star next year as he deserves. Um, Shea Gilgis Alexander is their only real all-star player. Lugans Dort is a legit, I wouldn't say defensive player of the year candidate, but first team all defense candidate. Um, and then outside of that, 
we're working with players like Isaiah Roby, uh, Theo Maladon. Um, <laughs> hey, hey, put put some respect on Justin Jackson's name. Hey, 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 I was getting there, okay? Justin <laughs> Jackson. <clears throat> My point being is we are running lineups with one starter on the floor, whether it's Shea Gilgis, Alexander, Lou, Dort, Darius Baisley, like we're running lineups with four bench players and one starter and we're beating teams. And, <laughs> and I just, I don't get it. We try and try and try to just fail and flop. And, and we're trying to do the fade for Cade Cunningham and everything like that. Like it, we don't know how to lose for whatever reason. I don't understand it. Also while I'm on this tangent, uh, Mark Dagano deserves some coach of the year votes. I understand Quinn Snyder will probably get it, or maybe Monty Williams if the Suns overtake the Jazz in the Western Conference. If you had told me before the season that it is very likely and, and possible that the Thunder finish with a better record in the West than the Pelicans or the Kings, I would have called you crazy because the Thunder were, you know, going to tank this year, but apparently the solution to building an NBA uh, roster in Oklahoma city is, is not to try to tank because you're never, <laughs> you're never going to get that team to be the worst team in the West. They yeah, won't I, do it. I, they won't do it. So, so uh, it, it'll be interesting as we come up to the, the trade deadline, we're going to talk about all of the trades and rumors that are flying around um, and the thunders involved with, with many trades and rumors and everything like that. Um, it'll be interesting once the trade deadline ends and maybe the, the Thunder have made some moves, what pieces they get back, and then if they are going to still have the talent to keep up with some of these other teams like the Pelicans and, and what have you. And maybe they even get better somehow. I don't know. But, like, there's a chance. I mean, they're only sitting at the 11th seat they have a chance to challenge for a playoff spot if they find a way to improve and find some <laughs> consistency instead of running out lineups with Shea Gilgis, Alexander, Theo, Maladon, and and Alec, I don't even know how to say his name. Poku is just what we call him because no one has, knows how to say his name. Our first round pick from this past year. It, it's just, it, it's a really fun time to be a Thunder fan because we have no expectations for this team so every time they come out and overperform or outperform what they're expected or supposed to do it's just it's the most fun thing it i i could talk about it for days and days and days it's so much fun i it it's been really fun to both watch the thunder and watch you be a thunder fan this year that's <laughs> that's that's where i'll leave it um but yeah i mean some other teams i think that are, are worth highlighting um that we put on our list the bucks look like the bucks again one seven straight back to regular season dominance yeah they they're a game just like the the nets they're a game out of the 76ers so that's a that's a tight race uh, among amongst the giants in the east um but other teams worth mentioning in the east the heat um have what, a, what an up and down team man well, it's just they started the year and Jimmy Butler was out due to COVID protocols and stuff like that. Bam Adebayo had to carry the team for a bit, but they weren't really winning. And then Jimmy Butler came back. Bam Adebayo missed a little bit of time and Goran Dragic missed some time. 
But now they're kind of fully healthy. Everyone's kind of back. And they vaulted themselves to the fourth seed, which we're going to get to maybe MVP considerations now that the table's kind of opened up with uh, Embiid and LeBron getting hurt. Um, but Butler's one of those dark horse candidates because the Heat have been, they've been genuinely good. Yeah. Um, the Hawks have also been, I don't know if genuinely good is, is a word I would use to describe them. Cause I'm, I'm still very wary. Surprised. <laughs> Surprisingly good. Um, ever since they made Nate McMillan, uh, their head coach, which I'm not surprised that Nate McMillan can coach that, that I am not. That, that does not surprise me whatsoever. <laughs> but based on how they were planning to start the season, the fact that they are eight and one under Nate McMillan, um, is pretty astonishing. Um, and, they would be nine and zero if they hadn't lost on a you know last second um, Kawhi shot last night against the Clippers. So um, props to them. Um, but now it's time to talk about a couple teams that are down bad. Um, first of all, before I let you get into your rant about another one, of I'll, your be, I'll be brief since I talked about the Thunder for so long. So long. Um, <laughs> what's up with the Celtics, man? Like they they should not be this bad, but they are bad. Like they are not good. They are not a good NBA team. Like I feel like they are being carried by the talent that is Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, but that roster is not it at all. Like they are the eighth seed in the East right now. That's terrible. Like the Knicks <laughs> have a better record yeah. than they do. The Hornets have a better record than they do. Uh, yeah, but I mean, Lamelo just just got. Hurt. I know he just got hurt, but still, I mean, Lamelo is a rookie in this league. Jason Tatum's what three years removed from the draft. Jalen Brown four years removed, and yeah. and Brad Stevens was supposed to be the next Greg Popovich. So I don't know what has happened, but none of that has uh, come to fruition in terms of winning at least this year. I don't know why they did they. Just got Marcus Smart back recently. So that, I mean, he's one of their most important players, I would say. Maybe their most important player in terms of being a glue guy, and really making things stick, um, especially defensively. So they just got Marcus Smart back. They might start climbing the, the, the win column again with Smart back and maybe kind of a full healthy roster. They're also in the trade market. They're looking uh, to potentially sign someone like John Collins, maybe. Um, so We'll see what I just, happens. I just I don't know what the fix is for them, and I don't really want to get into it, but I don't know what the fix no. is for them. I think the only other thing I'll say that I think is so, so funny is the fact that people were genuinely believing for a couple of days that Brad Stevens was going to quit the Celtics head coaching job and go to coach <laughs> at Indiana. People are so stupid, but that was so, so funny. Like, Obviously, no NBA coach is ever going to be like, you know, I don't want to make NBA level coaching money and coach, you know, the best talent in the world. I'm going to go coach 18 to 21 year olds. Like nothing wrong with coaching college, obviously, but no one who's in the league is going to go back down to the college level, especially if they've been successful. Yeah. The fact that this rocky year for the Celtics has people thinking that is, is so hilarious to me, but I'll, while I uh, try to ignore my misery of, of the Lakers current state, I'll, I'll laugh at the Celtics any day. So, um, but quickly uh, 
give us give us your your confusion your frustration with with the wizards well uh i'll keep it very brief free russell westbrook free badly beal and fire scott brooks i'm hey i'm here i'm here for free for free in those dudes so i just it's it's so tragic because i don't think people recognize i mean everyone recognized how good bradley beal was playing this year he got uh an all-star starter bid for a reason um he's still the league's leading scorer i would say both bradley beal and now russell westbrook ever since he's kind of gotten back healthy and i can talk about russell westbrook uh <laughs> without joda on this podcast without any any rebuttals um but ever since he's gotten healthy westbrook has played like an mvp caliber player um he's been he back at the to very least top 15 the, top 10 form he is at the very least played like russell westbrook and not um like the the monikers that he's kind of gotten in the past year or so um of, of being washed or you know Ru- quote unquote russell westbrook you know those things he right. it is very clear that he's, uh, he's still russell westbrook from the free throw line there's still some very <laughs> yeah. glaring issues um that he's had this year i mean westbrook man, has really struggled hurt. he's my man looks hurt when he misses a free throw it's so funny he's really really struggled from the free throw line this year he's also really struggled with his turnovers this year i think that's partly product of teammates not knowing where to be or how to execute offensive sets and i think that's just kind of a product of the uh, whole hey scott brooks really needs to uh figure Coach. out how to coach uh, and get his guys to listen and understand what they need to do. Uh, it feels like Russell Westbrook has, has taken some of the coaching mantle from Scott Brooks this year because Brooks really does. Speaking of, of college coaches, Brooks needs to go back to the college level or maybe just the high school level. I don't know. He's really, <laughs> he's that, really been bad. But yeah, he, he does not deserve an NBA coaching job. Yeah, uh, and it's it's unfortunate that the Wizards are as in the dumps as they are because they have two MVP caliber players and neither one's getting the respect they deserve because of the status of the Washington Wizards. Yeah, yeah. You I'll hate keep it. I'll leave it there. I'll leave it there. I won't. I, I won't say, say you, anymore. You hate to see it. <laughs> let's let's talk about the actual MVP uh, race uh, quickly, though. We we since we're running a little short on time. Um, obviously now with LeBron out indefinitely with Embiid out indefinitely, those guys are out of the MVP race, um, which I think blows the whole thing wide open, especially Embiid, um, being out. Um, I think that the big names that you're going to hear are James Harden. Um, Jokic has been in the conversation all year. He, he will continue to be in the conversation. Giannis, uh, now the Bucks are playing really well. Um, you mentioned Jimmy Butler. Um, one dark horse candidate I want to mention uh, before I hear your thoughts is I think especially if the Suns end up being the number one seed in the Chris West, Paul. I th- think Chris Paul deserves um, some votes because, um, you know, y'all, y'all two were definitely on his hype train a little bit before me. But if they're the number one seed in, in the West, it is entirely because of Chris Paul. Um, and his impact on organizations and, and their success has been brought to the forefront over the past couple of years. And I think we're finally realizing 
how impactful of a basketball player Chris Paul is um, to a team. I, um, I do want to say, I while I agree, Chris Paul should definitely be in the MVP conversation. Part of the reason why the Suns have been so good this year, a lot of their secondary pieces have made significant improvements. Michael Bridges is a legit uh, three and D guy now. He's he's not only a defensive specialist; he can also put in a pretty bucket or two. Uh, Cameron Johnson, we we all love Cam Johnson. Um, he's been good for the Suns this year. Uh, DeAndre Ayton's made strides. I think even Devin Booker's made a couple of strides. He's had to take off a little bit of the offensive responsibility with Paul there, but that team has made significant strides across the board and adding Paul to that mix has only made them flourish. I was going to say that the thing with all that though is I think Chris Paul deserves at least some of the credit for all of those guys. Oh, absolutely. Improvements. And that's, that's kind of where I would vault him, but um, to not talk about it too long, um, who's your favorite to win the MVP, at least right now? It's got to be James Harden right now. Assuming yep. assuming that Joel Embiid doesn't come back soon and LeBron doesn't come back soon, it's got to be James Harden. I think James Harden was number two behind Embiid before Embiid went down. I think, excuse me, Harden's now one. I would also say Damian Lillard's got to be in the conversation too. Yes, yes. he is. Ha- I don't understand how that man somehow continues to amaze us like he puts on ridiculous performances and somehow each is even more surprising and impactful than the last and you would think at this point we would be getting like you know tired of it um and he's no he's no Kobe Bryant but he reminds me of those ridiculous Kobe Bryant scoring nights um where he just says screw it I'm scoring (laughs) and I'm winning like it's just that like old school superstar i don't i don't give a damn at it he's got a dog it's, mentality yes he's got a dog absolutely. mentality and and if he decides he's gonna win he will find a way to win which is you don't see that as much in the league anymore that's part of the reason why i love russell westbrook so much um yep. despite all of his faults he has that same mentality absolutely you, you gotta love damian lillard and i think this might be his best year yet um, in terms of overall production and the fact that he's had to carry the Blazers without CJ McCollum for most of this year. Yeah, it's, it's incredible. Um, and then rookie of the year. I mean, I think it was LaMelo ball by a long shot, but if you, if you don't finish out the season, you've seen in the past, I mean, uh, with Joel Embiid, Malcolm Brogdon, uh, with, yep. with um, th- those sorts of those races, anyone who gets injured and misses like half the season Zion and Ja Morant last year, you miss half the season. You, you just don't get the award, which is really unfortunate because I would say LaMelo ball was head and shoulders above everyone else for rookie of the year this year. But Mm -hmm. if he misses 30 some games, can't really do much about it. And I, it looks like there's a lot of season to be played. It looks like it's going to be Anthony Edwards. Um, and that's fine. Like Anthony Edwards is good. I just, I don't know. I, I, I have nothing against the dude. It's just like, he plays for a very bad team. Um, and it's putting up numbers in his first year in the league, which is impressive, but it's well, just, I would say too, that he's only been putting up numbers since the all-star break before the all-star break. He was having a pretty bad year. 
I would say James. I would say James Wiseman was ahead of him in the Rookie of the Year race before the All Star break. I would say it helps when when uh, Carl Anthony Towns comes back and also starts balling out. Yeah, I would also. I I would mention Tyrese Halliburton. I think Halliburton's still the number two um, Rookie of the Year candidate in this race, or he would be the number one now if Lamelo uh, stays out for the rest of the season. Halliburton's been doing it really well all year long. Um, absolutely recently kind of shifted his way into the starting lineup he's kind of in and out of it right now Luke Walton can't decide what lineup he wants to put on the floor um but Halliburton especially if he continues to put up nights like he did the other night he had 28 points which is career high um he continues to ball out I could definitely see Halliburton getting rookie of the year as well yeah it'll be interesting to see which of those two guys are are gonna get it um, but I don't know. Overall, just talking about it stinks because it's like there was clearly one dude who by and far deserved it, but just won't get it now. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. Um, I'm gonna say the next bullet point, I think, for the end, because I I'm on a I'm on a hype train now. I don't want <laughs> I don't want to I don't want to be sad. Um, All right. So you you can so laugh move, next. We have the the clown himself, Draymond Green, um, calling himself. Uh, the best defender to ever play basketball. Um, now, people have to realize that this is Draymond Green, and like also this is an NBA player who's going to have all the confidence in the world in themselves. I get that, but also that being said, that <laughs> that could not be further from the truth. My man, a couple years ago, let Pascal Siakam, good player. But a very young Pascal Siakam absolutely torch him in the NBA Finals, and that is the that's the only evidence I I I need. Um, Draymond has been a great defender for his career, but he's nowhere close. Lou Dort's <laughs> I'm not better. Say much more about Lou Dort's <laughs> better already. <laughs> <Lou Dort. laughs> did did Draymond Green build the Dortress? I don't think so. No, he did not. The Dortress is is far superior. All right. Um, trade the trade deadline is this, Thursday. This, this is this is the biggest news in the NBA because ev- it's Shams is ramping up, Woj is ramping up. Everyone's kind of building the anticipation for just all of those I trades say, to depending, drop. Depending on when you listen to this podcast, if you re- listen to it right right when we release um, uh, on Wednesday of this week. Uh, most of our information should still be good, but if you listen to this after Thursday, it's <laughs> you have no, we have no idea. You have no no idea. Uh, we're gonna have a lot to talk about as far as the trades are concerned um, on the next episode, which is awesome. Um, but real quick, I'm gonna do a lightning round um, of of the players that have been uh, uh, recently in the trade news. Uh, this week I think the biggest news for me the news that keeps on sticking in my head um, is that Aaron Gordon has requested a trade from the Magic Um, that did that surprise you actually it didn't Um, honestly because a lot of teams were inquiring about Aaron Gordon that's before Aaron Gordon requested a trade so it doesn't surprise me I wonder here it seems like the news broke so close to the trade deadline I wonder if they're able to get a deal through before the trade deadline i don't see it but we'll see i think because teams are already investigating trying to trade for him i think a deal will probably be made 
Gotcha. I don't know with which team. I know the Celtics have been interested, so have the Warriors, so have we'll the see. Rockets. But it, I think he's maybe not the biggest name on the market, but the one that's got the biggest headlines right now. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, a bigger name than him, I would I would say, would be Victor Oladipo. Um, another name that I'm curious to see if he gets moved before the trade deadline. Um, he's on. He doesn't have too many years left on his contract, so I, I wonder if teams just hold off to try to to re-sign him in the offseason. Um, but uh, he also could be playing somewhere else. Um, George Hill is definitely a name that I see playing elsewhere on Thursday. That is a dude yep. that, I mean, one, he plays for the Thunder. So if the Thunder are going to get some picks, they're going to trade a dude. They, we're going to trade. trade we'll, we'll trade George Hill. We'll trade Al Horford, who's also on the block. Uh, the, there's Mike Muscala. There's plenty of names that we could potentially move. Uh, I won't get into Sam, the Thunder. Sam, yeah. Sam Presti probably probably ch- trade his children if he had to. Okay, well, <laughs> slow down. But like, I'm, I'm just joking. Sam Presti's a great guy, but Sam Presti going to trade anybody? Hey, almost if anybody. Sec- if it's a second round pick in 2027, it's ours. <laughs> it's ours. <laughs> Uh, nah, we'll, we'll gladly give you a couple picks for, for George Hill. We could use a little boost. So, um, Harrison Barnes, uh, seems like one of those dudes that's, I mean, the Kings have not lived up to where they need to be. He could be a guy in the move. I think whoever gets him, that's, that's a great piece. It's a great piece wherever he's going to be. Um, I hope he gets out of, uh, Sacramento to be quite honest. I'd love for him to go compete somewhere. Um, Lonzo Ball has been in the news for weeks um, and weeks. I also anticipated a trade to go through for him. Um, do we know? I think they said it was two teams that they were kind of Bulls. down to. The Bulls is, is the big team um, that, that's considering Lonzo. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I maybe the Warriors. I'm not entirely sure who the other team is. Maybe I, the Raptors. I, yeah, I saw I saw the Clippers mentioned, but I don't think they have the cap space or anything available to make yeah. that work. Um, and I just don't I don't want to see that personally. Yeah. Um, Hassan Whiteside is actually a player that I'm intrigued is in the trade market. Well, because they actually might he might actually go to the Lakers. Um, he's more along the lines of one of those players that might get bought out, and it could That's be signed. Fair. Um, to another team it's it's a lot more likely he he gets a buyout and then gets to sign somewhere and if he gets to sign somewhere the lakers have been the number one team that's been mentioned um with his name attached so makes sense um oh man i i just realized in in the entry news we didn't even mention uh the the man himself jared dudley uh oh yeah Torres Torres MCL. That's on um, you, bud. <laughs> that's on that's on me. Uh real quick, he he tore his MCL. Obviously, not like a oh no, the Lakers lost a key player contributing minutes, but he even said himself um that he was like, I'm not a dude who is on this team because of the minutes he plays in the court. I'm here for the locker room, I'm here for the um veteran leadership, and he's right. Um, and I'm really happy for him. He's not getting surgery. He's going to try to see if he can rehab it to see if he can be available for the playoffs. Um, that takes a lot of uh, guts and shows how committed he is to the team. And I hope he's able to, to pull it off again, not because he's going to be the X factor in the finals or anything, but all around amazing dude. Um, 
stinks that he got hurt. Uh, but if I um, was Jonah, I'd be pessimistic and and make fun of Jared Dudley. But I'll just let you, I'll let you say your piece, and we'll move on. <laughs> Fair enough. We we don't got Jonah on here to to pull all of our hopes and dreams down. Uh, <laughs> um, another big name we haven't mentioned though. Back to back to the trade rumors. Uh, Kyle Lowry um, has another one of those names that's been mentioned. Um, is a piece that it means so much to Toronto's that I think it's going to take a little bit more than you would anticipate to move him. Um, but honestly might be the right, the right move. If they can find a good, uh, a good team to trade with. Well, and I, I was uh, hoping you, you would kind of mention teams that he could potentially be traded with because it seems that the Toronto Raptors and the Miami Heat are pretty close to a deal, actually. Um, The only sticking point is the Raptors want Tyler Hero and the Heat have shown difficulties and thinking of or wanting to trade Tyler Hero in the past. They didn't put together a trade package for James Harden because they were too committed to Tyler Hero. So I'm a little worried that the Heat are not going to trade for Kyle Lowry because they're committed to Tyler Hero. But I think Kyle Lowry will be a piece that fits their timeline much better and i think makes the heat a legit contender with the bucks um and the nets i i would agree but if they're not trading away tyler hero for james harden i don't really understand why they would suddenly be willing well the difference is they they wouldn't trade tyler hero duncan robinson like three first round picks and that's also four pick swaps for for james harden and the difference is it would be kyle lowry for maybe Tyler Hero and maybe even the Raptors dump in like a second round pick if the Heat are really committed to Tyler Hero. I don't know exactly what their trade would be and who they value what, but um, that that's been the closest thing to a trade we've gotten so far. So yeah. Um rounding well, we got two more names in the list. Uh DeMar DeRozan is a name that I I don't know whether I'm surprised or not surprised. I guess I was a little bit surprised to see his name on the list, especially because the Spurs are in the playoffs right yeah, now. They're the sixth seed. They're the like, sixth seed, and they're I trading was... away their two potential. If, if you consider LaMarcus Aldridge still one of their best players, maybe their two best players in DeRozan and Aldridge. So it's I, I don't know. very weird. I mean, I think maybe they're just ahead of the curve because they do need to be starting to look towards rebuilding, I think. And maybe they're just like, you know what? It's a sixth seed in the playoffs just this year followed by a bad year next year just isn't what we want but it's very strange yeah they're in the playoffs they're playing well this year um i i'll be surprised i guess still but i don't know i'm kind of shocked that he's even on the trade market yeah. i don't think DeRozan will get traded during the season this year he's been put on the market but i would i it's a lot more likely in my opinion he gets traded this off season yeah uh, to I, someone I would else. Ag- I would agree with that. Um, only other name you have on here is Montrez Harrell. Um, he's not going anywhere, but um, tweeted some the... cryptic stuff though. Yeah, but I don't know. I maybe I'm a bit too optimistic, and Jonah would be here to bring me down. But I don't <laughs> think he's going anywhere. I don't think it makes too much sense um, for him to go anywhere, especially because apparently the Hornets have been one of the teams that have really called to inquire about him and i don't really know who on the hornets 
um, I would want in, to replace Montrez Harrell. Um, there's just not, I think, they have assets for sure, but not you one, get, I think. Uh, Devontae Graham. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess I if we get to, I don't know. There's just not a great fit. I don't think there's any pressing need to, to trade him. I think it's smart for the Lakers to hear, hear deals, but I don't see him going anywhere either. Yep. And, um, and I don't, I don't see him go anywhere, going anywhere either, but it, it'll be interesting the next two days. Cause news is going to start dropping all over and, the place. Uh, yeah. And, and like I, like I tweeted during, um, from the pod account uh, during March Madness. This is why we say follow us on Twitter because Thursday is going to come around and we're going to be all over it. So, yes. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, last thing we do need to mention, though, uh, to end, I guess, on a, another pressing note, um, is is that we did hear the really uh, unfortunate news that Elgin Baylor um, passed away at the age of 86 this week um if you don't know who elgin baylor is um that you i mean first of all you'd be surprised at the number of people who don't know who he is um but secondly if you don't know who he is um look him up an amazing human amazing basketball mind um when kobe bryant says mostly being serious that he stole a lot of elgin baylor's moves he's he's yeah he's not kidding around that's absolutely he's one of the greats um probably one of the most underrated um all-time greats in the nba um inventor of the euro step uh saved the lakers from bankruptcy um back in the 60s um just a phenomenal player uh good gm for the clippers for a while um not Nothing bad I, anyone can really say about Elgin Baylor. Um, and, and glad he got to live out um, a lot of his life and accomplish as much as he did, but still is is really sad to see yet another absolute legend of the game uh, uh, leave us. Yeah, thankfully it was, it was just due to natural causes and nothing um, COVID-related right. or, or premature. Um, lived really really good player i think you said it better than uh most can so i'll i'll leave it as, as just saying it's sad to see him go but um glad that he was able to share his basketball knowledge with all the the, the stars of, of today and in the past because uh, he really he really was one of the best basketball minds i think um the game's ever seen people don't realize that enough no like i said don't know who he is go watch go watch some highlights dude almost put up 40 points per game in, in a season one time like he he was really really good really really good he, he was a hooper um so on that recommendation and that note uh we'll go ahead and end it here uh thank you so much for listening uh as always this follow this us episode on- of a coin flip of the, co- <laughs> of, the, of, the of uh the coin flip uh uh, special episode yeah uh, <laughs> follow us on twitter uh, not at the coin flip but follow us on twitter at flight underscore pod um, be looking out for that trade deadline news uh, that drops on Thursday um, and y'all have a great rest of the week we'll see you Friday peace